you've always imagined, Helen, that there's another you out there somewhere. I know I have. A secret twin, a hidden doppelganger. Well, what if you knew exactly where she lived? So this is a story about Katie Crouch. I liked my name growing up. I liked the name Katie. Katie Crouch was my grandmother's name, so that was the first other Katie Crouch that I knew. So soon after college, I think I was Googling my name, and I came across Katie Crouch, who had graduated from college the same year I did, and she was my same age. And so I just remember making a mental note that another Katie Crouch existed out there, And then a couple years later, Katie went to a friend's wedding in Miami. And this guy came up to me that I had never met, had a big smile on his face, and he said, excuse me, are you Katie Crouch? And I said, yes. And he said, I know the other Katie Crouch. And as it turned out, the other Katie Crouch also had red hair, also worked in publishing, and at the time also happened to live in San Francisco. So it kind of brought her into reality even more. Like, is this really my doppelganger? What, you know, are we destined to meet? So when I got back to San Francisco, I emailed her. I wrote something like, how crazy. We both live in San Francisco and have the same name. Let's meet up. And there was no response. Katie eventually moved to New York City, looking for a change of scenery. And almost immediately, she started receiving online friend requests from people looking for the other Katie Crouch, who was now also living in New York City. For Katie, the coincidences just kept stacking up. So she decided to email the other Katie again, suggesting they meet up. And she got it. And I know that because she responded, neat, take care. Her response really shut me down. I was disappointed. I thought, well, Maybe it ends there. I moved back to San Francisco, and I'd be at different establishments like Kabuki Spring Spa or REI, or different places where they say, oh, Katie Crouch on Upper Terrace. And I would say no. And I realized that's her. She's back. She lives in San Francisco again. I can't believe it. I gave it one more shot. So I sent her an email. I think it was brief. Hey, you know, you live up the hill from me. We should meet sometime for coffee. We're both back in San Francisco. And she never responded. It sounds like such a sad story from my perspective. I just kept reaching out like, this can't be. You have to be more open to this. But clearly, and for whatever reason, the other Katie Crouch wasn't open to this. So Katie resolved to move on and leave the other Katie Crouch behind her. Although, that proved to be kind of impossible. I received an email from Katie's mom with a link to vacation photos on walgreens.com. I went to walgreens.com and created an account so that I could look at the photos. Photos of Katie and her family by the lake. And I saw that she had just had a baby girl. I realized that this was not a window into her life that she had granted me by any means. But it made me feel good to see her happy with her baby girl by the lake. And I responded to her mom and said, 
you got the wrong Katie. You must have the email wrong. I think I knew at that point there would be no way to shut it off because the emails and the phone calls and the crossed wires just kept coming. And then came the book. In 2008, the other Katie Crouch published her debut novel, Girls and Trucks. It got raving reviews and secured a spot on the New York Times bestseller list. And I immediately started receiving congratulations and accolades. Someone actually sent me a clipping of the review and said, congratulations, when did you find the time? I saw it on the shelves in tons of places, and so did friends of mine who would take a picture of it on the shelf and text it to me and say, here's your book. I was a creative writing major. I wrote fiction and poetry in college, and I work as an editor in in publishing. So just the fact that I had not yet published novel was, was kind of rubbing it in my face a little bit that she was out there and she was quite successful with it. From that point on, Katie's online existence was pretty much usurped by the other Katie Crouch. Google the name and you get links to Katie Crouch, best-selling author. Katie Crouch, Girls in Trucks. So this Katie's one solace. She got to Twitter first. I do have the Katie Crouch handle on Twitter. She had to be Katie A. And that felt good just to claim a little piece of the online world for myself. I think at that point, my attitude was just to be a good name neighbor and forward messages along that were misdirected. But I stopped trying to be too friendly about it because I felt like for whatever reason, she really didn't want to know me. Two years ago, Katie got a text from a good friend. OMG, Katie, she's writing about you, and sent the link. So obviously I clicked the link and was quite amazed to see what she had written. The other Katie Crouch had just published an essay on Aussie.com, an online magazine. The title was The Other Me. It was about me. Obviously my first impulse was to make sure that I came out looking okay. Like, is she going to make me sound like a jerk? So I read it really fast, and then I read it more slowly. The essay is quick and punchy. In just under 800 words, the other Katie lists a series of misencounters, like going to the video store and learning Katie had rented DVDs on her account, and the time Katie took two of her prepaid yoga classes. And then she met someone who happened to know Katie and had great things to say about her. She didn't make me look bad. She made me look great. She made me sound friendly and open. But instead of feeling compelled to meet this Katie because of all they shared in common. One of the last lines of her essay is, it's not you. I just don't want to know. What is she doing writing about it? (laughs) If you really wanted to pretend that I don't exist... Maybe don't write an essay about me in a magazine that has thousands of readers. I knew the minute I finished reading it that I was going to write uh, a rebuttal. I got an email saying the other Katie Crouch's essay is up and you should read it. It's funny. This is the other Katie Crouch who published the first essay and, to my surprise, was very willing to talk about it. I remember going to Ozzy.com, and I had sweaty palms, and my my heart was beating. I was nervous because it was going to be someone else 
talking about me, you know. And I clicked on it. And it was, you know, very disarming. Katie's essay was a lot more candid and forthcoming. She talks about her desire to meet her doppelganger. She talks about the rejected emails and also the impact of Katie Crouch's novel. But it's the end of her essay that really struck this Katie Crouch the most. I felt a little like I had my hackles up because that last line. Which reads, A few years ago, she became a mom. Last year, I did too. I thought I saw her sitting outside a cafe downtown last week, staring into her smartphone. We'd have so much to talk about. The forces of the universe insist that we're two sides of the same coin. But I want a better ending. The writer and her should too. Such a taunt. (laughs) It's such a taunt. (laughs) She definitely put me in my place. Yeah, I felt a little bit chastised. Um, I I did reach out. I was sitting at work and my phone popped up with a notification and said, Katie Crouch wants to be friends on Facebook, which, as you can imagine, is kind of a trip when your name is Katie Crouch. It's like confusing what's happening. And I realized it was her. And this is shocking because being friends on Facebook is pretty much the opposite of ignoring someone. Facebook is sort of the perfect non-reach out, reach out. It's like so easy. You just click a button say hey and then I kind of covered my bases that way I felt you know I I Facebook messaged her saying you know thanks for writing the essay it was it was a great essay did she respond to your message yeah in a equally you know cool way in a um diplomatic -diplomatic, non-personal way you're you know I loved your essay too yeah I responded briefly because by now I'm feeling kind of burned I accepted her friend request I was like, let's just get used to that and then see what happens next. But as the months passed by, there would be no other direct messages or posts between the two Katies. It seemed like this was it. Two dueling essays for the record and the status of Facebook friends. But really, after all these years living somewhat parallel lives, this is how their story is going to end? Are we, we're recording? Great. So, um, Katie, I'm going to hand you over to Katie. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. It's Katie. It's Katie Crouch. Hi. It's Katie Crouch. <laughs> so I knew arranging this phone call was going to be risky. Like, where is this conversation going to go? Which does lead to some early awkward moments. <laughs> I'm feeling strangely nervous. I'm not even strange. I'm just feeling nervous. I'm totally nervous. (laughs) This is a big moment. Um, Wow. So, uh, where do do we start? It started slow. During the first few minutes, they filled the air with small talk. But of course, there's an elephant in the room. And the question is, who's going to address it first? So I didn't know if something changed after the essays like I became a real person to you that you might want to know and before that I was sort of an inconvenience no you were never Katie you were never an inconvenience I didn't quite know where it would go if we met and also I I don't know I didn't I just I wanted I wanted to hold on to my individuality it's Katie Crouch it was just about me really it was all my 
buried anxieties and neuroses. <laughs> but it's nice to talk to you now. I had no idea what your perspective would be on the whole thing. And I was really motivated to write my response. I don't know if it if you expected that or knew that it was coming, but I just felt like it was inevitable that I had to respond. Well, I um I was definitely surprised that you wrote an essay, but I wasn't it made set you know, I wasn't like your I mean, I think your essay was a little more barbed than mine was. <laughs> um so one line in your essay was a little was particularly prickly to me, and maybe you didn't mean it to be. And that was um, that you picked up my book, Girls and Trucks, and read it. And then your next line was, I didn't want to like it. And then, period. And then, instead of saying, but I did like it, you said something like, you know, you said something else. (laughs) So it just... No, it means I did like it. I just... I felt jealous about it, you know, and you sort of blew me off. So I was like, I hope this is just terribly written. <laughs> and it, and I guess I meant for that to be a little bit hanging, like implying, yeah, I, I grudgingly really liked it. Well, I'm glad you liked but it. But you're right. Yeah, I was, you I pick- was sensitive. I am very sensitive about my writing. And I was, um, even though I pretend not to be. I don't care if she doesn't like it. She doesn't. (laughs) I wasn't super sensitive about that because I was just feeling envious and a little hurt. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. (laughs) Well, thanks. I, I get it. I think the truth is we are really different people. And the proof of that is how we've communicated thus far really differently. Right. Yeah. But your essay drove it home to me that you, you know, yes, this is a real person and, you know, not just an idea. And it's much harder to say no or to ignore a real person than the, an idea of a person. So I think that's that's what changed. Um, and, and And the fact that the essay was so honest and, like, I liked that it was barbed. That makes for good writing. It was honest. The conversation takes a detour here. They give each other a status update. The first Katie moved to Chicago back in August. The second Katie just had another kid and is actually taking off to Africa for a year. And the first Katie opens up about choosing to have her son on her own. I don't know if you knew that I had him on my own. Which I think is completely amazing thank you (laughs) I mean really like I've had wanted to do that for the longest time and then um something else happened but I think that's but that would have been really crazy if we'd both done that oh my gosh we would have met a lot sooner because it's a very tight group in San Francisco (laughs) yeah I was actually the organizer for single moms by choice in San Francisco until I moved away so I was pretty active in that group of amazing kick-ass women Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I knew you were better than I was. (laughs) Oh, stop it. (laughs) And you play the violin. (laughs) I'm not perfect, Katie Crouch. (laughs) You are to me. Oh. (laughs) Okay, so however you guys want to... Wrap it up? Wrap it up. That's a tough one. What if we never talk again? 
Well, while you're out of the country for a year, maybe we could both reflect on what happens next. A very big thank you to Katie Crouch and to Katie Crouch for sharing their story. This was done in collaboration with Ozzy.com. We love the Ozzy. Check them out. The online magazine that published both Katie's essays will have links to both at snapjudgment.org. Katie Crouch works for an educational publisher. She raises a toddler on her own and writes a blog, the solomamaproject.com. While Katie Crouch, the New York Times bestselling novelist, she's currently working on a thriller about doppelgangers. <laughs> Not really. Maybe. The original score for that story was by Renzo Gorio. It was produced by the one and the only one, Nancy Lopez, because there are no other Nancy Lopez's up in this piece.